This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, welcome back to the third and final hour of what I like to call one of the best radio shows in the world. Herb Tyler, Deke Bellavia. Um, to look, to, tonight we have Ole Miss and um, LSU. And this is one of the things that I'm looking forward to tonight is a, a, a great following from the, the LSU Tiger fan nation um, base and those guys that, that, that were there for the Florida game and then also at the Auburn game here at home. Um, we're, looking, we're looking for everybody to be in attendance to cheer these guys on and do the same thing we did a couple weeks ago and, 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 and not only a couple weeks ago, but last week. You know, let's, let's pull behind these guys and see what we can do. Um, you know, and that's my thing, Deke, man. When I think about all this stuff and we go back and forth and we talk about certain things and you always ask me about my experiences and mm-hmm. things of that nature. When, 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 for me, the, the biggest thing is, um, and, and I've said this a million times, the biggest thing is the, 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 the smiles, the, the, the passion, the, the joy that you see on a fan's face mm-hmm. when they not only see you in the game but at a grocery store or at, at the mall or, right. you know, at McDonald's or wherever you are. Because you you know you've made an impact on their lives in some way, shape, form, or fashion by playing the game of football. You know what I'm saying? It's something as simple as that, um, but it's something that everybody can connect with and connect with you with because they follow you so closely. So you know tonight, man. I, look, I'm gonna thank the fans all the time, and I want to see the fans do the same thing they did last week against Auburn and, and the same thing we did against Florida. Let's stay behind these guys and let's and let's you know let's let's push them forward and, and help them become just even better players than they can possibly imagine to be tonight. Because, uh, look, I just lo- watched that, that Billy Cannon run back mm-hmm. um, for 89 yards against Ole Miss, and it looked like Billy Cannon made everybody in Mississippi miss, <laughs> miss tackles in that game. You he, know? He, he miss, he's always making somebody miss every time you watch it. Every time, man. And it's crazy. I'm like, man, this, this is the best single player in LSU's history. He's the only player that has a Heisman Trophy. So that's, he's you know one of my idols. He's always been one of my favorite players, and he's one of my favorite people to talk to and meet every time I see him till this day. So let's, um, I look forward to tonight, Deke. Man, I'm excited. I ain't going to lie. All right. With that said, let's jump into our look at afternoon scores. Here's a college football scoreboard games in progress right now. Number one, Alabama seven, Tennessee zero. That's late in the first. Also right now, number eight, Miami three, Syracuse zero late in the first. First quarter score late, number 14, Virginia Tech seven to zero over North Carolina. That game's in Blacksburg. No score between Indiana and 18th ranked Michigan State in Lansing today. It is Central Florida trying to remain undefeated. They're seven to zero over five and one Navy. Navy suffering their first loss of the season last week at the hands of Memphis. Number ten Oklahoma State survives overtime over Texas. They beat the Longhorns by a score of thirteen to ten. Freshman running back Jonathan J. T. Taylor keeps the Badgers undefeated as he gets twenty-two carries, one hundred twenty-six yards, and a score. As the Badgers improve to seven and zero, they beat Maryland. Remember, down the stretch, Wisconsin. They don't play Penn State or Ohio State. 
State in the regular season, but they do play Michigan later this year. But that game is in Camp Randall at Wisconsin. Later this afternoon, it is Oklahoma at Kansas State. 16th-ranked South Florida is in town to take on the Tulane Green Wave. That's a 6 o'clock kickoff uptown at Turchin Stadium on the Tulane campus. Number 19, Michigan is at Penn State. That's the ABC big game of the week. And, folks, if you want to see what everybody dressing the same looks like, watch tonight. It's a whiteout game in Penn State, and you'll see all white out there <laughs> That's tonight. Gonna be nice. It's going to be a big one, 100,000 strong in Beaver Stadium in Happy yep. Valley. Number 11, USC renews their historic rival with Notre Dame as the 13th-ranked Irish once beaten entertained the 6-1 and one, once beaten USC Trojans. Number 21, Auburn looks to bounce back after they lost to LSU last week there in Fayetteville to take on the struggling Arkansas Razorbacks. Also, it's Kansas at number four, TCU. West Virginia is 4-2 at 0-6 Baylor. Yes. Colorado is at Washington State, the late Pac-12 game tonight out on the West Coast. And Thursday night, it was Memphis scoring 42 in the second half, including 21-7, outscoring Houston in the fourth to remain with just one loss and 3-1 and in American Conference play as they beat Houston 42 to 38. I like Memphis, man. Yes, Memphis playing some pretty good ball right now. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Oh, Dave Johnson, one of my favorite people in the world, mm-hmm. coaching over there, coaching wide receivers. Doing a good job. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, Parrish Offord. We'll go behind enemy lines and get familiar with today's opponent, the Ole Miss Rebels. Count you down to LSU and Ole Miss today here on Tiger Radio WWL. I like to lean on the same people that have been with me since day one, and this gentleman has been with me since day one. Most most of all of the LSU opponents, I have one contact person I always lean on, and generally when you hear them a lot, that means that they've uh, been in it for the long haul. Not a flash in the pan, not uh, you know get-rich-quick scheme, because this is not the business to be in if you're looking to make a lot of money. You do it for the love and the passion. Parrish offered one of the best covering the Ole Miss Rebel Athletic Program, particularly football, for the Daily Journal. Parrish tonight, LSU and Ole Miss get this thing going. And I was saying earlier, I don't think there's any team in any conference among Power Five conferences that – opposing teams get more up for than LSU. It's just something about them. I mean, we know Alabama's got two rivals, Auburn and certainly uh, Tennessee. Uh, You know, Auburn is the same way with uh, Alabama and uh, Georgia. Uh, You can go down the list, but it's just something about when Ole Miss comes to town. And you tell us, Parrish, I mean, the the Egg Bowl is is, is as big as it gets too, but it's just something about Ole Miss fans get up. I don't know if it's more, if it's different, but when they play LSU, it's it's some uniqueness to it. Oh, I think you're certainly right, and it goes back so such a long way. When you're looking at the '50s and the '60s, Deacon, you get get those old media guides and look at those games, and you know, so many times both of these teams were ranked in the top ten, or, or certainly at least one, and and just so many uh, spirited games and lots of passion back then, and and it's just carried over. There there are certainly a uh, you know, a lot of uh, Ole Miss fans. Uh, you mentioned the Egg Bowl. It has it has grown certainly uh, through the years since that time, and and that's a huge uh, rival, Mississippi State, uh, for Ole Miss. But uh, so many Ole Miss fans are still so very passionate about uh, the LSU rivalry. Parish Ole Miss is three and three. LSU is five and two. They saw Mississippi State kind of manhandle LSU, and then they also saw Troy go into Tiger Stadium and come out with a, a really great win. How's Ole Miss confidence right now going into this particular game, especially after LSU's went on to Florida and taking the win home from there and then beating Auburn here? Yeah, I think the confidence for Ole Miss is better than it was two weeks ago, but uh, I don't think it's really where it needs to be. I think they could really get there by having a good showing against LSU tonight. Look, this is a team that was 
you know, went to Alabama where it was not expected to win, but uh, just really didn't compete well and lost 66 to three. And, you know, the week before that at Cal, they lose a game that was very winnable against a pack five, excuse me, against a, a power five opponent on the road. So many chances to win there and they just couldn't get uh, over the hump and couldn't make the plays. You know, I think the Vanderbilt game helped, but look, they understand that there's a difference right now between Vanderbilt and, and the upper echelon teams in the conference. And, you know, I think uh, confidence-wise, uh, you know, they're, they're better than they were, but uh, if they could have a good showing tonight, I think that could really be a lift for Ole Miss. Parrish Alford is our special guest covering the Ole Miss Rebels uh, for the Daily Journal. Parrish, now, I said three, four receivers, and when you look at Ole Miss – I mean, you can you know pretty much be afar, and you say, "Wow, thirty-five receptions, twenty-four receptions, twenty-five receptions, twenty-eight receptions, nineteen receptions." Uh, we know about Laquan and what he did. Tremendous, I think one of the, one of the best receivers this conference has seen in quite some time. But as far as a group of receivers and the way the ball is being distributed, I don't know if I've seen Ole Miss have this uh, this early in a quarterback's career across the top. You can look at the SEC numbers. You can look in SEC games, overall games, Ole Miss. Versus Versus their opponent, this is as much of a, you know LSU, and I don't know who you could pair them up against in a bowl game. Looking down the line, but it's going to be hard pressed for me to see a team that puts together a set of receivers that the ball has been distributed to on more of a fair basis than what they're going to see today in Ole Miss's receiving court. Yeah, Hugh Freeze, when he was still coaching here, really targeted wide receiver, really recruited hard to that position, and just brought in a lot of talent and athleticism, as you mentioned, just, you know, four-star guys that are there and they don't have that at every position, but this is a very you know, deep and athletic group. And, and while the, the group is talented and, and, and you do have the numbers that you mentioned and the ball being spread around, AJ Brown has clearly been the best. I mean, he is the guy that uh, Shea Patterson has the most chemistry with the most trust and, and that's just evident in the plays that he makes and the number of targets that he gets. And, you know, he is their guy among the wide receivers that is most likely to break a tackle and, uh, and, and turn a good gain into a great gain. So, you know, lots of talent there, but it is A.J. Brown that stands out in the group. Paris, you, you mentioned Coach Freeze. Um, I, just personal question for myself. I want to know how is the locker room handling – Coach Freeze, you know, the, the actual firing of Coach Freeze or and, um, and the new interim head coach right now, and then what's the, the search looking like right now for Ole Miss as far as the new head coach? Well, let's get the back half of that first. The search is just kind of quiet right now because, uh, you know, it's, it's still midseason and they have hired a search firm, and certainly they're doing background checks on people and, uh, you know, making those sort of contacts and, you know, trying to find out who might be interested in that sort of thing. Just a lot of... Uh, administrative work in that regard right now as far as the locker room you know uh Hugh Freeze had the support of his players you know they, they did not uh, want to see that change I think they were as surprised by it as uh, as everyone else you know with all of the NCAA stuff going on in the investigation you know Ole Miss was fully supportive of Freeze in terms of his compliance with the NCAA and and uh, mm-hmm. and all that that entailed with the investigation. It was mm-hmm. the phone records and the escort service that necessitated the change. Now, after you have the change, you could not have a better guy from a team standpoint to move into that position 
than Matt Luke. I mean, you know, you talk about an Ole Miss guy through and through. That mm-hmm. that really is Luke, who grew up in an Ole Miss family. His father played here, then he played here, was a captain on Tommy Tuberville's teams. You know, basically, he's been around so long. This will be his 15th Ole Miss LSU game tonight. <laughs> wow. so he's really been around, and uh, he's a player's coach, and they love him, and he really appeals to them, and you know, has their trust. So in terms of how the locker room has handled it, I think it has handled it about as well as it could because of Matt Luke. With Paris off of getting the latest on the Ole Miss Rebels. Now Paris looking on the defensive side of things. This Rebel club comes in here, and there have been spots in which they play well, particularly the second half against Auburn. And I want to say they outscored Auburn 20 to 6 down the stretch. So I'm sure they're still looking to see when can they put together a stretch along a maybe hey maybe an entire half, three quarters or something. They've played good in spots, but far from playing a complete game. Yeah, they have played well in spots. I think that's a very uh, accurate description of where they are defensively right now. But the problem has been giving up explosive plays in the run game. I mean, you can look at the numbers and see what about the 220 or what not 230 rushing yards a game allowed you know Alabama and Auburn both rushed for over 300 yards on this team but uh, you know this is a group that you can see them you know in the run game give up three yards two yards four yards four and then all of a sudden it's 50 you know Vanderbilt had uh, had four runs of uh, 25 yards or more you know three of them over 30 yards I mean that's the kind of thing that uh, that they just have to have to limit. I mean, you can't give up plays like that and be competitive. It is so deflating to uh, to get a team in third and long or, or third and five and, and give up a play like that. Or you know, it, it, but that's 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 the big issue with this defense right now, as far as the passing game goes. You know, they have given up a lot of uh, underneath yardage, but uh, for the most part. Uh, they've been able to defend the deep ball pretty well, but they've got to limit those explosive runs. Uh, senior outside linebacker Demarcus Gates uh, leading the team in total tackles. He's got five four loss and two quarterback sacks. Does it start with him? Paint us, paint us a picture, Paris. Give us, you know, who's the leader. I know it's always a, a pretty good sign when uh, a linebacker is your leading tackler. Not a good sign when a defensive back is your leading tackler. But take us through where the strong points are on this defense, where where they lean on what they count on the most defensively. Yeah, Gates has been good. He's rangy and he covers a lot of ground. Where they've been weak has been middle linebacker and kind of being out of position there. But I think they've been pretty good along the defensive line. And, uh, you know, a guy, a couple guys to keep an eye on. Marquise Haynes uh, really had his best game of the season last year. Now, he set the career sacks record. It hasn't been a great year for Marquise, but he had uh, three sacks, three and a half tackles for loss against Vanderbilt. Really put a lot of pressure, forced two fumbles. You know, they need him to have a big game tonight. Uh, on the interior, look for Josiah Coatney, uh, number 40. He's mm-hmm. a guy that really kind of emerged in August camp and, and kind of a unseated uh, Breland Speaks for one of those two interior positions. You know, as the season has played out, Speaks has, Speaks has moved out to end uh, to help as they've had some injuries. But uh, 
collectively along that defensive line, you know, they have been, uh, they've been pretty good. And, and I think that's, uh, you know, that's a place where they need to continue to play well tonight. Parrish, I don't know. There's so much we don't know, but particularly, let's let's look in this conference for instance. Okay, Ole Miss in a unique situation because they ended the season kind of with the coach. I don't I don't like the word lame duck, but a coach pretty much that you know, unless he had some remarkable season, that was you know in there, given an opportunity, you know, get get some experience as a head coach, and probably will have to go somewhere else to continue that head coaching responsibility if that's what he aspires to do. Uh, versus an Arkansas and a Tennessee, theirs is a little different because these coaches seemingly are on on their way out. My question to you is, how does this affect recruiting, and what is the thought process with President Vitter, Athletic Director Bork, and everybody else, knowing that you have a three-day signing period, December 20th, 21st, uh, 20th through the 23rd, and it's a situation where, it's, okay, do, does this group continue out? Does the new coach piggyback off of the recruiting board that you know Hughes staff and now Coach Luke has? It it's a little. I don't necessarily know if it's a it's in the favor of Ole Miss because they're already in that situation. We already know we're looking for a coach. When you throw that in there in that signing period, all before Christmas, man, that that's a lot to get to. Yeah, it is, and it's very different this year. You know, if it was the old way of recruiting without the early signing day, then you look at a team like Ole Miss and you think, you know, you could get a coach in here by the middle mm-hmm. of January and have three good weeks to get out your message and tell everybody, tell these recruits why this man is your hire and why he's going to change things. You know, it's different now with that early signing day. Now, Ole Miss being in the position they are, and you know, they'll be a little bit ahead of the game. But, look, frankly uh, – it's going to be hard. I think it's going to be hard for Ole Miss to get the coach that it wants because of the NCAA and the unknown of the sanctions, at least at this point. And, then, you know, the more SEC vacancies there are, you know, the, the harder I think it's going to be for, uh, for Ole Miss. But as far as the timing, if they can pull that off and, and, uh, and get their guy in here, you know, before that early signing period in late December, uh, you know, I, I don't know if they can pull that off or not. I think it's just going to depend on how the early stages of that search go. I mean, it's it's uh, doable, you would think. You're going to have almost a month between the Egg Bowl and for Ole Miss. You know, they're not worrying about a postseason mm-hmm. game. They don't have that this year. You know, so uh, I, I don't know. Just a lot of moving parts right now on that question. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of challenges for Ole Miss as it tries to find uh, the guy it wants to lead them from here. Parrish Alford covering the Ole Miss Rebels for the Daily Journal. Parrish, let everybody know where they can find your great work and how they can keep up with you on social media. They can find me at djournal.com, djournal for Daily Journal, and they can also follow me on Twitter at Parrish Alford. Well, Parrish, good to talk to you again, my man. I'm trying to get up there next week because I haven't seen Shea play since he was you know, up in North Louisiana playing. I got to see him in high school. I wanted to come see him up there. And with LSU being off, if my if my Rebel connection comes through, I'll see you up there at the Grove next Saturday. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd love to see you, Deke, and shake hands, and good luck to you guys. <laughs> All right, Paris, have a good call right. tonight, buddy. Thanks, Talk Paris. to Bye-bye. you. All right, giving us the latest on the Ole Miss Rebels, <laughs> Paris Offered. 260-1870, you can text us at 870-870. Up next, senior writer at TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar, will join us to give us his take on LSU. Then we'll break down the keys in the matchups today with Herb Tyler. Herb, LSU and Ole Miss, one drive, Herb, one play, one year that sticks out more so than others when you were LSU and played uh, Ole Miss? 
couple of them. Um, 1995, Kevin Falk made Ole Miss's safety look like he had spaghetti legs one hmm. twice, not once but twice. And then um, 97, the game we actually lost, the game that was that after we beat Florida when they were number one. I mean, I think I ran a 70 or 80 yard touchdown run on the option, so I think that's still today the longest rushing touchdown by an LSU quarterback. Man, yes indeed, he keeps it around with him all the time. Herb <laughs> that's, Tyler, hey, that's my wild card right yeah, there. Baby. Yeah, hey man, look, keep it in your pocket, baby. <laughs> all right, we'll come back more on the Tigers with senior writer at TigerBait.com, Brian Lazar. But first up, here is a CBS update. All his great work is online at TigerBait.com. He's active on social media on Twitter at BLDOR, B-L-D-O-R-E. Brian Lazar, John. Just now, Brian, we told you earlier this week, and you told us, hey, this is Ole Miss's Super Bowl. This is their bowl game, getting up for LSU. And I would expect him to come out with a lot of energy tonight, Brian. Yeah, I certainly do expect that. Uh, you know, no bowl game for Ole Miss this year. And, you know, that there are games on their schedule. They're going to say that, uh, you know, it's important to them. Certainly the Mississippi State game is one. And <clears throat> I think this, is, this one's even more important to them. So, they they have uh, LSU at home tonight, uh, and uh, you know they haven't had a uh, a good win yet this year. So that's what I'm sure they're looking to try to come up with. Brian, now through this week, what are some things LSU goes into? I think we've seen uh, the last couple of weeks more of Coach Canada uh, using his receivers in the run game. Is that is that a trend? Was that game planning? Do you expect to see more of that tonight against Ole Miss? Well, it's almost like they've been forced to do that mm-hmm. because, you know, the, the the running game with the running backs hasn't been able to work very well. You know, I, I really think that that's what they would like to do. You, you, I don't, you know, I, you know, we're more than halfway through the season, and I, I just can't see this, this team <clears throat> continuing to rely on the jet sweep as being their big run game. Mm-hmm. And uh, you would hope that tonight Ole Miss has struggled against the run this year, so – this may be the time that the offensive line can do a little bit up front, open some holes, and that uh, Darius Geis and Darrell Williams can, uh, you know, can make some consistent yardage and then maybe break a, a couple of big plays. Brian, do you think LSU goes into this particular game tonight on a high and then once we get into the game kind of give us a big letdown here? Uh, you know, they've grinded out two victories. You know, they certainly grinded out the victory against Florida. And then last week they showed some resiliency and hung in there and then often, you know, shut it down a little bit and made it a little bit easier for LSU. And they got the big punt return from Shark. So uh, they, they've shown some determination and resiliency the last two weeks to, to get themselves back on track where they have, you know, sitting here at 5-2, and two, only one loss in the conference. And, uh, you know, they are going to have to play well tonight just because they're one on the road and two going into a rough atmosphere. You know, just like it was, you know, last month when they went to Mississippi State. You know, that that was a tough thought environment that night in Starkville, and I think it's going to be a tough one tonight. So LSU better have themselves prepared for for a real good battle uh, against Ole Miss tonight. Brian, you brought up a good point when we visited Thursday night, and I kind of pointed out when, when you go by what the numbers LSU has, uh, what they had coming to the season, 11 scholarship offensive linemen. 
uh, basically three of them with just varsity experience. And you go back to Florida, he had four freshmen, three true and one redshirt at one time in late in the contest. And you were kind of talking about, you know, where you have to look at what is here, what's going on as of right now. And as excited as it is, and with these guys coming back, LSU, that's still an area that they're lacking. It, you just don't get well, Brian, by, you know, having a lot of freshmen step up and one recruiting class. It didn't take them overnight to get to this place, and it's not going to take them overnight to, to get out of this rut, so to speak. No, look, certainly, certainly that's going to be the case. And, and, uh, LSU, you know, you look at the SEC right now and you say, well, this year looks like Alabama and Georgia are definitely, you know, mm-hmm. heading south. And uh, I have said all along that LSU's first step, Les Miles got fired not because he lost to Alabama for five straight years or four straight years. It's because he was losing to Alabama and a couple other teams mm-hmm. for four straight years. And the first thing LSU needed to do was get back to the point where they are or the second-best team in the West and, and just have a 6-2 six, a six and two conference record. You know, LSU hasn't had a 6-2 and two conference record, you know, since, uh, since 2012. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is what this team needs to do. And LSU... It, you know, okay, say so they lose to Alabama. They just beat the other four teams on their schedule, uh, Ole Miss, uh, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Texas A&M, and they're going to be favored in all four of those games. That's right. They'll be no worse than 6-2, and two, and I think that – I know they would have had a loss to Troy. I know they would have had a 30-point loss to Mississippi State. But if LSU can go 6-2 and two in, the, in the conference and 9-3 and three in the regular season, I think – you know, you'd have to say Ed Ogeron did a very, very good job this year. No doubt about it. Brian, now LSU defensively, uh, you know, it seems like they're getting back as far as uh, the health. Uh, take us through what you've seen from the first week when we saw uh, – when we saw Arden come in against Mississippi State, where he is now as far as what coaches talked about playing in the game shape, and also uh, the appearance of Frank Heron brought in depth. It seems like what LSU – was going to have, knowing what they were going to have and when they were going to get all hands on deck, uh, you know, between this game, uh, the bye week in Alabama, this may be as close to, you know, all hands on deck defensively that they may have. Yeah, you know, look, John Battle didn't play last week. I'm pretty sure he's going to play tonight against Ole Miss. And then, so they'll have everybody, you know, on defense that's available, available. Now, you know, Ed Paris is out for the year, but, you know, everybody else, that you're counting on is, is going to be out there. So, uh, look, the defense is – here's what's key about this defense this year. Uh, there are three seniors on this defense that have played very well, consistently well. Uh, Christian Lockator at, at defensive end, Greg Gil- Gilmore at nose tackle, and Corey Thompson at outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. So those are three seniors who have all had very good years. and. And they've really kept this defense afloat. Arden Key is, you know, last week against Auburn was really the first time that he had. He'd say, okay, he, he made some plays. And it was the first time he had six tackles. He hadn't come close to that in any of the other games that he played this year. So uh, he's rounding back into shape after not doing any football for months and months and months. But, uh, you know, this defense, I, I keep saying this over and over and over. They only had three or four returning starters. 
The defense two years ago under Kevin Seale only had about three or four returning starters. That defense gave up 21 points a game about. This defense is giving up right now. I think it's sitting at 19 points a game. So that's, that's what this defense is going to be. They're going to give up about 20 points a game, and it's going to be up to the offense. You know, they're going to have to put at least three touchdowns up, and, and that's been the problem in, in the three SEC games, the offense. One touchdown against Mississippi State, two against Florida, and two offensive touchdowns against uh, Auburn. So that's, you know, the the, the – the, the pressure, if you want to say pressure, is on the offense. It's got to pick things up these last five games. All right, Brian Lazar, senior writer at TigerBait.com here with us now. Brian, LSU and Ole Miss tonight, the 106th meeting between the two. LSU's about a touchdown, a little more, seven-and-a-half point favorite over the Rebels. Give us your take on this one. How do you see this one coming out tonight, and uh, what's your prediction? Well, I do think that the running game is going to come alive tonight, and you know, not needing the wide receivers. I think Geisen and Williams are going to have good games. I, I'm looking for those two guys to combine for maybe as much as 160, 170 yards on the ground. I, you know, Ole Miss is that trouble stopping the run. And then defensively, look, uh, Ole Miss is one-dimensional. You know, they they don't try to run it too much. They don't have a whole lot of success. One-dimensional offenses usually have their problems against LSU. So I'm, I'm not saying LSU's pitching a shutout, but I think they'll control Shea Patterson in the offense tonight. So I'm calling it LSU 31, Ole Miss 23. Brian Lazar, senior writer at TigerBait.com, at BLDOR, at B-L-D-O-R-E on Twitter. Right now at TigerBait.com, Brian's game preview and his breakdown of LSU and Ole Miss at TigerBait.com. Brian, thank you so much for the time. We'll talk after the game. Okay, talk to you later. All right, along with Herb Tyler, I'm Deke Bellavia. That was Brian Lazar. Up next, we'll get into the matchups today. LSU offense against the Ole Miss defense, LSU's defense against the Ole Miss offense, and special teams. LSU special teams have been very, very active. Uh, in the limelight, so to speak, no doubt about it, when you think about it. Now, they've had some missed field goals, but last week coming on, the two field goals that put them ahead to go on and win the game, the returns this season. So we'll break it all down from our former Tiger, Herb Tyler. He gives you his matchup takes next and his prediction here on WWL. And welcome back. Now time for our keys to today's game. It's the matchups, and we do it each and every week with Herb Tyler. The LSU Tigers 5-2, and 2-1 two, two and one in SEC play against 1-2 and 3-3 and three and three Ole Miss at Vaughn Hemingway Stadium. We're Join the network coming up in 13 minutes. A 6-17 kickoff tonight from Vaughn Hemingway Stadium in Oxford. The Rebels entertaining the 25th ranked 5-2 LSU Tigers. All right, Herb, let's start off now with LSU. Let's start with special teams. Seems that the special teams now had a pretty good game last week covering, a good game in return, and a good game kicking those field goals. LSU special teams tonight, where are they? What do you see? You know the the return the return game has been just outstanding here lately with mm-hmm. DJ Chalk. So, I you know at, at some point we're gonna need at least one or two really big plays out of DJ with with the return game. Now as far as the field goals are concerned and things of that nature, you gotta you gotta make the field goals when you have that opportunity. You gotta be able to to come away with those three points or so. Um, and then in the punt game, we have to be able to cover or make sure that we turn the field over. You know you, you know and uh, keep a good. Uh, um, average, if you will, to keep those guys pinned down deep in their own territory. Herb, now, the LSU defense going up against an offense that's more than likely going to come out and look. The Ole Miss offense has been, I don't necessarily say impatient, but 
They don't particularly run the ball, and they know what their strength is is passing the football. Now, with that said, I don't think that's going to take too much of LSU's defense to kind of stymie the Ole Miss mm-hmm, run mm-hmm. to make Ole Miss's offense quality. Yep. Coach Luke say, the hell with it, just start chunking it. I, I see that too. I, I don't even think they're going to give LSU an opportunity mm-hmm. to stop them. I think they're just going to come out passing the ball. So, first things first, up front, we've got to get a pass rush. We've got to get to Shea Patterson and make sure he feels the pressure, not only feel the pressure, but get some quarterback hurries and some, some hits on him. Um, so that he can, you know, kind of always have his eyes open and looking at the defensive line and then not down the field. And then I think that Devin White has to get those guys prepared to make tackles whenever he, they do complete passes. So we can't we can't allow those guys to run after the catch. And then our young secondary, who's growing up once again before our eyes, we need them to play a very very great consistent game this game from the first quarter all the way to the fourth quarter because they will be tested the entire game. Ole Miss's offense coming off a of situation fifty seven points. The most they have scored in the conference game, oh, way back in the mm-hmm. and to go the second most ever, I believe, was tied a, a school record last week, and they came up big. LSU, Herb, now the LSU offense against an Ole Miss defense that has surrendered some yards and a lot of points. Uh, but they, they have played good in stretches, particularly in the second half against Auburn when they only allowed six points and they outscored Auburn 20-6 to six in the second half of that contest. Well, you know, that the thing I've been saying all year is that we, you know, we need to get more comfortable in this offense and we need to understand what our roles are as an individual player. Um, so what I think is happening, you see glimpses of that. So, um, you know, first of all, up front, we have to be able to sustain some some blocks for, for the quarterback whenever it's time to pass the ball. But we need to open up some holes starting tonight so that our running backs, uh, Geis and Williams, can can have a big night because I think we're definitely going to rely on those guys. I think that's what Coach O wants to do is come out here and establish a run game. And I don't mean just, uh, a, you know, a lightweight run game. I think he wants to be run heavy, kind of the stuff we've been seeing the past, you know, three or four or five years here. So from LSU, I think he really wants to run the ball downhill all night tonight and not so much open it up with the passing game. But, however, if we do have to open it up with the passing game, we definitely need to, to complete some passes. Danny needs to make sure that he puts the ball out in front of the guys, give those guys an opportunity to be able to run with the ball after the catch. And then, um, and you know what's going to be important too is our wide receivers blocking for our run game. I mean, that's going to be important. I think we can, if we can get past that first wave of defense and then our, our wide receivers can kind of give us some good spring blocks uh, out in the backside of that, that, that defense, then uh, that, that'll that give us some really good rushing yards as far as big gains down the field. So I think that's one of the things we definitely have to do. All right, let's get a, a final look at the scoreboard. Then we'll get Herb's prediction and hand it off to the LSU Sports Network. Late in the first half, Alabama just scored. The two scores have come on fourth down with a tie now are 11 mm-hmm. for 11 on fourth down conversions this season. They get two Bo Scarborough touchdown runs. They lead 14-0 over Tennessee. Uh, 7.30 left to play in the second quarter in the first half. Miami leads the Syracuse on. 13 to 0. Uh, late in the second quarter, it is number 14, Virginia Tech, 21 to 0 over North Carolina. Michigan State and Indiana are tied up at three apiece late in the first half. Undefeated Central Florida playing once beaten Navy. The Black Knights uh, lead the Navy midshipmen 14 to 7. That's coming up on halftime. Uh, early in the first, it's Oklahoma 7, Ohio State, excuse me, Kansas State 7. Early day, Jonathan J.T. Taylor comes up with 22 carries, 126 yards, and continues to be one of the top backs in all of college football. The Badgers remain undefeated, getting to 7-0, a 38-13 victory over Maryland. Oklahoma State uses overtime in a surprising low-scoring game as they defeat the Texas Longhorns 13-10. Later tonight, Uptown New Orleans, it's the 16th-ranked South Florida Bulls and highly touted Heisman candidate 
Quentin Flowers brings uh, his 1,600 total yards of offense he has this season, rushing and passing the football to Turchin Stadium to take on the Tulane Green Wave tonight. And that is uh, up to, I said Turchin. That's Yulman. Turchin <laughs> is the baseball field. Also tonight, the big one on ABC, their headline Big Ten Game of the Week, the whiteout, number two, Penn State, and one of the best players in the country, Saquon Barkley, entertaining the Michigan Wolverines, who uh, really need this one. Jim Harbaugh now, you know, in a short amount game. of time is getting to where, you know, way, way overpaid. He's 1-4 against Michigan State and Ohio State. He did beat Penn State a year ago. Number 11, USC, is at number 13, Notre Dame. Number 21, Auburn, looks to bounce back, taking on a struggling Arkansas team that has lost three straight contests, four straight contests, that is, make it three. Kansas is at TCU, number four ranked Horned Frogs. West Virginia is at Baylor. And Colorado is out in Pullman to take on the Washington State Huskies looking at uh, top 25 action there and uh, some state college football uh, too today is that the Southeastern Lions are at mm-hmm. home. They have homecoming next week. Uh, uh, Herb and always one that's very interesting in Jackson today. It's the Southern yep. Jaguars yep. against <laughs> Jackson State. That's a home game for Southern. They play that because they can get more people and it winds up being a bigger gate for Southern. Yep. Uh, at halftime, it's Grambling leading Alcorn State in Grambling 24 to 7. Mississippi Valley leads Lynchburg 39 to 3. And tonight, it is Southern at Jackson State, a battle of Southwestern Athletic Conference teams. All right, Herb Tyler, yep. LSU and Ole Miss. The Tigers are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at Vaughn-Hemingway Stadium in Oxford, trying to slide into the bye week at 6-2 and two and 3-1 and one in conference play. How you see it shaking out? Your prediction. So right now what I see, I see LSU not having a letdown tonight. I see us catapulting and getting better and better each week, and I think this, this particular game tonight is going to really show – um, our maturity, our maturation of understanding the offense. And I think we're going to have somewhat of an offensive explosion. Now, it won't be tremendous fireworks, but I think it'll be enough to win the game. And I think that our young DBs are going to play really well as well. And I think they're going to come up with a couple of big plays, maybe an intercept for a touchdown tonight. And uh, I think the Tigers will play passionate Tiger football, especially going back to Ole Miss where Coach Ogeron once played. So they want to come out of that stadium with a win. So with that being said, my uh, prediction for the night, Deacon, I'll put it on everything right now. I think we're going to win this particular game. LSU will win, and this is going to be 31-24 to 24 LSU. 31-24 is what I see tonight. And I see Geis running for 100 yards. I see Williams rushing for about 60 to 70 yards. Um, and I see an intercept for a touchdown, as well as I see Danny Adling playing a really, really efficient game tonight. Damn, he's, he scrubbed that crystal ball with Windex, didn't he? He's seeing a lot man. tonight. I see it, man. That's Herb Tyler, former LSU great, <laughs> seeing the future for the Tigers tonight against the Ole Miss Rebels. Thanks so future. much. <laughs> yes, thanks so much to Jim Hands on the News and Dave Potter. I'm back with you in the morning for the countdown to kickoff with Bobby Abez. We'll get you set for the Saints and the Packers. He's Herb Tyler. Herb, take us to the house. Love, peace, and happiness in everybody at home. Spread a little love and a little light to somebody today and give them a little hug or something, whatever you got to do. And go Tigers! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.